Welcome back to Music 101 Podcast. I am joined with Patrick Dean, a very special guest. Hello, Patrick. Oh, what's going on? What's up, man? We're going to be talking about all sorts of good music stuff, everything from social media to guitar playing to, you know, SoCal, San Diego, LA, the beach, all that good stuff. And um, just to preface this, I want to, I want to, if anybody's joining the the show for the first time, basically the idea is if you want to have, if you want to write great books, you need great readers. If you want to be a great chef, you need people that like understand great food. That's kind of the premise of this podcast is creating a sense of like everything that goes into music, every part of it. So that when you listen to a song, it's a deeper, richer experience. And with that, let's talk music, Patrick. Oh yeah, silky smooth. <laughs> <laughs> so first of all, I just want to talk. I just want to find out how'd you get to be such a shredder? Like, how, 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 I've been watching your lick of the days like crazy, and like, um, amazing facility, great, uh, you know, familiarity and and interesting lines throughout the fretboard. Kind of explain to me your path. Like, how did you how'd you end up falling in love with the guitar and becoming the guitarist that you are? Yeah, um, I mean, it was like a long and winding path, uh, uh-huh. but um, I got into it really just because, like, I finally at some point had, like, I'd been playing guitar for a long time. Like, I started playing mm-hmm. guitar when I was, like, 10 years old, but I never really, like, got super into it, into it. Yeah. Until I met this guy who I started kind of, like, taking lessons from and started playing in his band, and he was giving me lessons, and he was, like, the first person to really, like, instill any, like, really rock-solid foundation in, like, wanting to grow as a musician and as a guitar player. Mm. Um, and so that was kind of, like, really the beginning was, you know, kind of coming out of middle school and going into high school, um, which was when I really first started taking guitar super seriously. Um, and I really started to, like, enjoy guitar and, like, enjoy music in a way that... Um, I just never really did before for yeah. like an yeah. exercise. My parents always like wanted me and my siblings to play music in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, my older brother was like a really great pianist mm-hmm. and he really had like the limelight as far as like the good musician in the family um, for, for, you know, the longest time. And so for me, it was always just kind of like, hey, all right, I have to do this. Cause it's like something that my parents want me to do. Okay. Um, and it really wasn't until like, you know, I had, somebody to like look up to in music that I, that I got, um, super into it, which, um, is really kind of like part of what I love the most about what I do now, you know, is trying to like get people who maybe aren't, um, motivated enough, like in music or in guitar to really start taking it seriously to kind of like go to the next level. So, um, it started with that, um, and just playing a ton, like by myself coming home, like all through high school and stuff like that. I was never like mm-hmm. go to the party type of person. I was mm-hmm. always like, I'd rather just like go home and like sit out in like my living, my parents' living room and like plug in my amp and just like sit there and noodle around on the guitar. Cause yeah. it just like brought so much joy to me that like, it never occurred to me to do any of the other things that like might be considered like standard high school experience things. Yes. Um, and so like, I, I really kind of developed like a really strong bond with, uh, with a guitar like during that time. And that was, kind of really what got me over that initial hump of like, um, 
you know, the, the guy who taught me to play guitar would always say that like, you know, you'd be really good at playing guitar if you can like play kind of what you want to hear. Okay. Hearing in your head and, you know, maybe what you're able to sing or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of was what that time period was what got me over that hump of, um, you know, sitting there and like looking at a guitar and like trying to figure out exactly how to make it sound good or like how to make it have any sort of pleasantness to it. Uh-huh. And it allowed me to kind of like get over that and, and, you know, get more to a, a like level where I could kind of take off from there. Yes. And so that's when like music school came in. So uh, I went to music school with like a very minimal amount of like theory knowledge um, and knowledge of like, you know, higher forms of music, like jazz and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really went in there just with like the expectation that I was going to work super hard. And like, I really wanted to learn how to play those types of things. And I really wanted yeah. to understand those types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did music school and I, I really tried to like apply myself as best as I could and, and that whole deal. And then, you know, after music school, it, came down to like me just trying to do as much session work as I possibly could. Yes. And trying to surround myself with like the best possible players that I could just to try to like soak up as much, uh, you know, external knowledge as I could just from people who I was meeting and stuff like that. Cause there's so many great guitar players and for sure musicians in general. So um, yeah, session work. And then it was, you know, touring and stuff like that. And, you know, ever since like the pandemic and all the shutdowns, there's been none of that. So that's when yeah. I really got into social media. Yeah. Uh, and then that created a whole different drive for me, you know, in terms yes. of hearing from like all these people who I was capable of like connecting with cool. who otherwise would have been inaccessible to me. Yes. Uh, or I would have been inaccessible to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it allowed me to kind of renew my love for guitar and for music um, just based on like, you know, the positive feedback that I was getting from people. So I love that. You know, I feel like the underlying theme is just having like this positive reinforcing uh, force behind whatever it is that you're doing, especially in music. Yeah. It takes support and it takes giving support. and getting support to like to make it happen. I love that. I also feel like you, you touched on a few things that I, I'm all about. Um, one of them is talking about combining the like the practice the like, you know, going to learn how to do this thing. I'm going to learn this vocabulary, but then combining that with just kind of the learning by osmosis, the, you know, just kind of being in it, being around people, what you soak up by that positivity, by those people that are better than you, like that, that contextualizes, you need both, but without like being in it and, and becoming fluent, it's, it's half the equation. Yeah. You know, and you can learn a lot from listening to an album. Yeah. Yeah. A lot more, especially like being a visual learner. Okay. You know, you learn exponentially more by sitting there and looking at somebody do it. Yeah. You know, which again is a really great thing about, you know, social media is that, you know, you can sit there and you can watch it a bunch of times and you can just soak up the information. Mm. And, you know, it comes from like listening to, you know, not just people who are doing what it is that you're doing. Like I play guitar, you know, but mm-hmm. a lot of like great piano players influence me a lot. Cool. No, not so much, but some drummers do, you know, like rhythm mm-hmm. and stuff like that, kind of creating like a different, you know, rhythmic thing. Oh, yeah. Like a solo or and something like that. You know, you can you can learn a lot from from people outside of your instrument. Totally. Time. Totally. I mean, I, I felt when I was trying to really crack the nut of like swing, um, I listened to a lot of like New Orleans kind of music and I the snare drum parts always like that that was like what I wanted to be because it's not a perfect swing. They like rush and then drag. They have this like 
really cool push pull. And so it's like, I tried to pull that, pull it on a guitar and bass. Cause it's like that chugga chugga is something I can't do in the computer, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that kind of stuff, it's like swing feel can be so hard to like figure out unless you're just sitting. Oh, God. Like, how can you feel it unless you're like in a room where the sound is like coming at you from all angles and you're like, oh man, like here it is. Like, this is the thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, those light bulb moments where it's like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's what comes all. Those are like my favorite moments in music when I'm like sitting around and like a lot of times it happens to me, even when I'm not holding a guitar, like I'll just be cool. sitting somewhere like thinking about the guitar mm-hmm. and all of a sudden this like musical thing will like pop up in my head and I'm like, Oh shit. I'm like, that's what that is. Like, that's what I've been looking for. Like, that's going to be the sound. And I'll like get home and like sit down and with my guitar and like figure it out and be like, Oh man, like this is the greatest thing ever. You know, that's like, those are like the greatest things to me is like those aha moments where you're like, Oh, that's what that is. Yes. And you discover the sound that you've been hearing in your head for so long. You're like, Oh, it's like a relief. You know, it's so true. It's so true. And it, and it validates all of the work. You know, like you, you, the stuff that you put in every day allows you to, when you have that spark, like turn it into something. But like, if you didn't develop the facility, then you'd just be like, well, crap, I can't, <laughs> can't do it. Yeah. And, it, you know, that all comes from like, you know, cause like I said, I'm like a very visual learner. So like, yeah. even like I said, like when I'm not holding a guitar, it's like, I'm thinking about a guitar fretboard in like a three dimensional space. And I'm like, just yes. myself playing guitar, like all the time, like I'll just get spaced out constantly and it's like you know if somebody's talking like all of a sudden they fade to to the background and i'm like thinking about the guitar and i'm just like you know it, yes it can be not great in certain situations but in most situations it's amazing because you're just sitting there like you know coming up with something in your head that you've never thought of before you know yes i don't know it's like it, it's just a whole other thing and you can get that from listening to a song too like you when you hear somebody do something mm-hmm. that, hearing in your head for so long you go like oh man that's it rewind like what did he just do yeah you're out how to play it you know yes i'm so curious because you're talking about visual learner and three-dimensional stuff one of the like aha moments for me on guitar was i think i was talking to a jazz drummer and they were talking about shapes like playing in shapes like you know like they would hit toms and like ways that like form geometric geometric patterns in their heads and then I started like a play of that with like triads and stuff like that. I've seen you do some really cool triad stuff in some of your lessons. Um, do you think in shapes? Do you or like how do you approach like the fretboard um, as a visual learner? And like what made those things click and not just be like scale, you know, cage system patterny things, but like musical? I feel like the first instance uh, of like a breakthrough in that way would actually be when I finally was able to like you know, when I was finally able to just know every single note on a fretboard, mm. just, you know, any string, any fret, like I, you know, you can figure out whatever that note is. Yeah. And like brutally knowing it, like, just like in a snap, like being able to say exactly what it is without having to think like, oh, like what are my octave patterns? So like, you know, you can learn the low E and the A string, uh-huh. but you know, the other four strings on a guitar, like it still is somewhat of a mystery. So that was the first one mm-hmm. in terms of the way that I just, was able to visualize what key I would be playing in in any given moment at any mm-hmm. given point on the fretboard. So that cool. was the first one. Yeah, that's great. You know, the way that I really visualize it is, yeah, I guess shapes, but like mm-hmm. it's, it's really just like those caged mm-hmm. patterns. Right. It's, you know, the whole thing. Yes. 
I'm like, oh, I'm going to like jump up to the C pattern and like play this little ditty. And like, that's what I know how to do there. You know, you kind of, I always say this to, to like students, uh, especially people who are like just starting out. It's like, you have to learn how to play guitar and then you have to like completely unlearn how to play it in order to mm. really get good at it. And so now it just comes down to like, you know, the whole entire fretboard becomes like this dot pattern. Of yeah. yeah. Which I already know that are in the key and that we're at. And then, you know, beyond that, a lot of what I do is also involving a lot of chromatics and stuff like that, um, especially with shreddy stuff, because you got to like have notes somewhere. Otherwise, it's just not going to work out. <laughs> so then it comes down to like, you know, learning where you can break the rules and just like play whatever notes are right there. And it yeah. doesn't matter as long as like the downbeat is the right note cool and i learned a lot of that from jazz too because it's like you know mm -hmm. if you're playing like some crazy altered line over mm -hmm. the or going to a one chord all those notes don't even matter you know you can play all the wrong notes in the world but as long as you land on the right note everybody's going to be like bravo yes yes good <laughs> worst you land on that right note you're golden. That's one of the things that people I don't think realize, like that's one of the separator points from a good musician to a great musician. Great musicians know how to turn their mistakes into successes. Yeah. Oh yeah. 100%. Especially in like a, you know, a, a situation where you're the soloer. Right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's kind of hard to like make, if you play a chord wrong, you know, on right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> looking at you like what the heck are you doing but yeah as a solo yeah it's like learning how to just do the wrong thing but make it sound right you know yeah and sticking those landings yeah exactly you just exactly sticking those landings like yeah like the freaking in the olympics the people who like jump off the trampoline and then are just <laughs> spinning around the air i don't know what they're doing <laughs> on that mat and they're like bam it's like yeah <laughs> you know totally I into it but yeah it's the same thing you're just kind of you know flailing in the wind especially with some of those shreddy things that i do and that i like to do so much it's like a lot of that stuff is just kind of like throwing in notes to fill up the space cool kind of surrounded by the target notes that i know i want to go to i like it you know and so yeah a lot of also what i think about is just pentatonics like just yeah. whatever the pentatonic scale is in any given situation is you know that's a lot of the battle for guitar players is you know figuring out how to make that pentatonic scale work because those oh, are yeah notes you know that's oh yeah it right there that's the magic it's that's the magic that work before you make anything else work really to totally and it's fun that we're talking about these things because so in some of the earlier podcasts i talked about like what is a chromatic scale of like basically western music like we got all those 12 notes you're going to use all those 12 notes if you have anything that you want at that buffet you can take some pentatonic scales like on the opposite end it's like we are picking five of these notes and we're going to make those sing yeah exactly and that comes into like what I really appreciate about a lot of guitar players is a guitar player who can play not a lot of notes, but say a whole lot with those notes. Um, because I have such a hard time doing that a lot. Um, especially with like the social media stuff, because it's like, you know, every day, if I post a slow lick, it's like everybody's uh -huh. like, eh, <laughs> yeah, right. shred. And then like, if I post shred licks, it's like a bunch of people hitting me up being like, you're like, you're playing too fast. <laughs> no. Like, you know, one of those things, but that's why I really appreciate about like, really great guitar player is like, yeah, somebody who can just play something that's like moving, you know? Yeah. When was the last time you heard a song that like really hit you and like moved you? For me, 
like a guitar solo was like when I heard Jimmy Barnes do uh, Stone Cold, but it's like him with Joe Bonamassa cool. and his son and like the whole band and stuff like that. And Joe Bonamassa solo on that song blew me away when I first heard it. And it like brought me to tears just about because it was like so yes. good. And he's a shredder. So yes. But like most of the solo is just all melody and it's like yes. so, so good. It's like, you know, and that's what I strive for, especially when writing a solo for something like my own music. Oh, yeah. This notes. I try not to shred. <laughs> no, but I, and it's, again, it's like informed by the medium. If you're, if you have a 20 second clip, it's like, I'm going to throw some notes at you. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Even but, that, yeah. Like the days are, I never, oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, I don't, yeah, it's like there's no time. <laughs> no time at all. Yeah, so when you're when you're making those lick of the days, are you you're just like okay, we're gonna get like one because they're usually what like they're under ten seconds usually, right? How how fast are you? Shoot? The longer lick of the days are like nine seconds. <laughs> nice, very short. They're like never that long. Um, the only ones that are longer are like the newer, the more recent ones that I've been doing, which are like twenty seconds long, which is even still like a blip in the radar. <laughs> right. So composing to that space is like you you think of that right? Is like. Like it'd be a completely different headspace than composing to a song. You're composing to, here's one lick. Yeah, yeah. Different I, headspace. You know, in terms of like how I think about composing it, I try to like, yeah. I guess in my head, visualize what I could do with like maybe two bars of music. Okay. That's usually how long each of them are. Is like, you know, one, two, three, four, two, two, three, four, done. <laughs> yeah. You hit it there. It's like whatever. Um, so it's, you know, I don't know, like it, for me, it's a lot of those come to me when I'm just sitting around and noodling on the mm -hmm. guitar. So like what I'll do is just on like one day, I'll film like 10 of them, you know, just cause like, I'm, I'm like, all right, I'm just going to like, instead of not filming myself, like noodling, playing guitar, I'll just like actually film myself doing it. Cause that's what I do all day anyway, uh -huh. sit around with a metronome on and like, you know, write licks or like write a little thing, like a little ditty of a, of a melody line or something like that, you know? For sure. And so, yeah, it's really as simple as that. Like I'll just sit there and play something until something sounds cool. And then I just, I have my phone always like sitting in front of me with the, you know, I use a ring light and stuff like that. Nice. I have it set up and I just turn it on and say the lick of the day and hit the lick. And then I just move on. I love it. It's very much a passive process. Like, I got into doing it because I was super lazy and it was like during the, it was during the pandemic. And so I was like, I need to do something. Uh -huh. uh, I just, I don't have the attention span to like make, you know, a backing track and logic and then like film it and then like line up the audio to the video and then like bounce that and do that whole thing. Like that just takes too much time. So it really just came from me being lazy and wanting to be like, you know, all right, I can do seven second licks and I can film a ton of them and, that's all I need to do. But there's there's a certain wisdom in that though, because I think I think a lot of people uh, have such grand ideas where it's like I'm going to do a million different things and then it's going to be perfect and everyone's going to love my masterpiece, and then they just don't finish anything ever. Yeah, it's it's just about like the consistency of doing it. Yeah, like it's it's about just saying like, all right, fine, like that's you know that's good enough. Like mm -hmm. first started doing Lick of the Day, I was a perfectionist and I was like, I need to hit this and it needs to be. <laughs> Like, sit here and like do it so well so that everybody can see how good I am and then now it's like you know it's mistake riddled like it's not perfect you know sometimes they're less good 
but it's weird because those are the ones sometimes that do better. Love it. Human, you know, it's like yeah, right. everything being perfect and like, you know, people always wanting to make it look like they're having the best time possible and that everything's perfect. It's like a little bit of reality and a little bit of like messing something up. Mm-hmm. Like it, you know? Cool. That's cool. That's been one of the weirdest things for me about like a more recent social media is like how big people smile now when they're like playing drums and stuff. Yeah, dude, the the whole smile. I I I find the smiles creepy and like <laughs> Yeah, me too. I'm like <laughs> with my mouth is open and stuff. I'm like trying not to look weird. <laughs> yeah, the the social yeah, all the smiling and stuff like that, that that stuff's hilarious to me. Um, I try not to do it. I know I do it sometimes, but that's usually just cause I'm like looking at the camera and I'm like, this is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> cause I'm just sitting in my room for like, an, you know, a couple hours, just yelling at my, I'm yelling at my phone and pretty loud. You know, I know my neighbors can hear me <laughs> and it's like, you know, I know they can hear me just yelling over here. <laughs> yelling lick of the day 10 times in a, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like, I got, uh, my, my roommate, he has mm-hmm. his room, there's a balcony and he sits out on the balcony a lot. And like, he gave me the the inside tip that like, when I leave my windows open <laughs> loud, cause he was like sitting out on his balcony and he like heard me playing and like saying stuff. And he's like, dude, he's like, everybody can hear you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Oh no, but you know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Free concert people. <laughs> to hear it like there's other i hear people playing guitar all the time but next door to me literally uh-huh. right in this hallway across this across the hallway from me somebody played like a trumpet like a week ago <laughs> cool. trumpet, and i was like this is awesome you know so i'm like i don't feel bad about it no it, that's like one of my favorite things low-key about like la because i'm in san diego i love san diego from san diego one of the fun things about la though is some of the neighborhoods nobody cares if you're loud at all like my buddy okudoxish there are like full-on mariachi bands loud music there's like a party every night of the week for different people and so he just can like play drums at like any hour it's just like i'm gonna go play some drums i can't do that in san diego people would freak out yeah, exactly <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 hard I, that's why i also i love that i'm just a guitar player like yeah friends who are drummers and they're always like you know, oh man, you have such a luxury. Like you can just sit in your room and like play your licks and like film the videos. And it's so easy. I know. They have to go to a lockout. I know. Sit there and like, you know, tune their drum heads and do the whole thing. And it's like whole different involved process. I'm very fortunate. <laughs> yes, it is. It is a beast. Guitar strings every once in a while. Yeah, I know. Right. And even then. <laughs> then yeah. It's like, I don't know, sometimes I don't. <laughs> yeah, totally. Guitar strings get nasty. <laughs> yeah. Shout out Ernie Ball. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Sponsor us, Ernie Ball. <laughs> Seriously. I want to talk to you about um, teaching. Uh-huh. And because um, it's cool, like I, I have a similar experience where somebody that was like, you know, that that guy in, I guess, junior high for me, late junior high, early high school that like put the wind in my sails and I wouldn't be sitting here with a um, crazy mask and a bananas shirt without him. Um I want to talk to you about your, like, what have you learned from your teacher that you're passing on? And then what have you kind of like innovated on your own? What, what level of like emulation versus person, like your, your, your individuality are you imparting in your teaching? 
Yeah, I feel like, especially from, um, and I'll say his name, Andrew. Andrew. Uh, Part of like what Andrew really instilled in me was that first thing that I talked about, which was just knowing every single note on your fretboard. Cool. That's the most important thing in the world. Um, You know, with keyboard, like all you have to learn is one octave and you know all the notes. You know what I'm saying? With guitar, there's shapes to like each area and like there's, you know, it's, it's a varying degree of, you know, complexity as far as fingerings for, for things. So totally. learning all the notes on your fretboard is, is really going to be the first thing because that's really what's going to unlock like a lot of the uh, tools that you have at your disposal for like opening up guitar to yourself. And so that's really the first thing that I like anytime I give somebody a lesson, first thing I always talk about, cause they're always like, you know, like, what do you do? Like, how, how did you learn how to do what you do? And it's really starts there. Yeah. It's, it's like musical literacy and, and being able to, even though, you know, you're not going to go to a gig and have to like sight read a chart, right. but being able to sight read a chart is pretty sweet. And pretty that's sweet. nice, you know, especially if you got to learn songs quickly. Yes. So musical literacy is the first one. Um, and that came from Andrew. So that was like all just him coming right through me and me wanting to make sure that people did that. Um, you know, as far as like, uh, you know, stuff that I've kind of implemented on my own, um, you know, a lot of what I do and what is I'm, uh, a lot of what I do that allows me to have a lot of different variations of licks and to make like licks that sound different, even though they're using similar mechanics, uh-huh. uh, is a lot of just learning how to take like any sort of motif and move that throughout the fretboard. Um, you know, I don't like it. Yeah. Play guitar for a second and like, yeah, please. Yeah. I'm just going to play with the acoustic guitar so that you can. Yeah. Perfect. Um, but like if we're in, all right, leg of the day is always in fucking A minor. So (laughs) if you have, you know, like a motif that goes, you can do that, you know, there you can do it. You can do it anywhere. Yeah. Right, like so you can move that little like you move that I I always think of them as like motions. Okay. Right? Yeah. Motion on a guitar. And the motion is it can be related to like a three note per string pattern. It can be related to like a pentatonic scale pattern. But basically you take that motion and you just apply it to the next available note down in yeah. every instance. Yeah. So you kind of just start to take the mechanic of a lick mm-hmm. and you apply it elsewhere. Mm-hmm that's what like a lot of the legato stuff is that i do is it's just taking like a little you know three note per string pattern and then just applying it to every note that i can and then it's applying to it it's applying that movement to like chromatics too yeah outside of the key and and that sort of thing so um that kind of for me like is always where i lose people i feel like i don't think of it as being that heady but i feel like to a lot of people it is heady because it's like you're just you're it's like you know you can say one word to get a concept across, but you can also say like another word or you can say like a different sentence. You can word it. Yeah. It's like, it's that kind of thing. Like you just, you're like taking what you already know and you're just applying it to something else, you know, yes. Yes. in the end, you know, mm-hmm. some sort of new finger movement. Yeah. Uh, so that's, you know, I, I don't know. That's kind of like my main thing that I, that's how, that's what I was trying to say with like the shape thing. Like, or it's like people, you know, like synesthesia where they like, you know, like you taste a smell or you like see a color, like same, this is like one of the things that helped it click for me like that. You have a motive. That's like a 
a triangle, say. You have a triangle, and you're just going to move that triangle onto different points, but it's still a triangle. Exactly. And it looks slightly different, maybe, but it's right. still... It's this, yeah. That's that's a great way to that's a great way to look at it. Like I've never even thought to. to... <laughs> well, that that's that's part of what like unlocked it for me because I, I try to do a lot of triad stuff and I do a lot of you know mo- most of my stuff is is uh, recording, and and so like a lot of what I think about is stacking guitar parts, and the way that I stack parts is to like think about voicings, like that's most of what I do is just thinking about voicings. Yeah, that's and that's like most yeah exactly, and the voicings is a great way to apply that. Yeah. So something like outside of just a single note deal is yeah it's like yeah you have all these different inversions of a chord and it you know it can give a completely different effect based on whatever voicing it is that you're using exactly so to give a non-musician insight into that voicings we're just we're just talking about we take the same notes of a chord you know g b d and then you're going to instead of playing g b d you're going to play b d g exactly. or d g b it's the same things it's just the order and which and who's the highest note who's the lowest note even what string things are on that's kind of crazy to me is it can be the same note but if it's on different strings it can have like a certain tonal thing because it's like a thicker string or a lighter string i don't know exactly how to put it i think about that all the time with recording like cool especially bass guitar oh my god <laughs> if i can get away with playing an entire bass part on the low east hell yeah hell yeah not move like i will just slide up and down on that one string because yeah it's like it holds so much more weight like a thicker string will always sound meatier cool yeah i I totally agree i'm not like a down tune guy but like Mm -hmm. i like people who play extended range guitars and like down tune and stuff like that like there's a reason they're using a thicker string you know yeah tension but it's also partially because that string's like (laughs) sounds you're not gonna be able to get that kind of tone on like an unwound string no that's why i went for a five string bass man i was like i need that low b i need that i used to own a five string fretless bass and then yes my roommate uh gave me a free conversion to a four string by dropping it (laughs) (laughs) but he broke off the low so it's literally just a four string just a normal bass now that's fine totally fine but yeah uh, split i still use it all the time but it's hilarious that is hilarious <laughs> it was like not not meant to be <laughs> no it was like when our like apartment flooded and like oh my god left i was gone and so he had to like move all of my stuff out of like the room that i was in like the living room crazy it all into his room and then like i came back and we started moving everything out and i was like oh shit i was like my i was like my base is broken <laughs> but it was fine it's like it's still a, yeah it's still a four-string bass. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's just normal now. It's just a normal. He like it's a custom conversion. Like <laughs> that's why I always tell people, I'm like, this is a one-of-one one bass where it's you know a five-string. It actually feels really comfortable in my hand too because the it's the fretboard is wider. And cool. So yeah. Okay. Kind of like rests on it a little bit more naturally. I like it. it. Feels great. Like it's it's the most comfortable bass I've I've ever played. I love that. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. Happy accidents. Yeah, exactly. Um, I wanted to ask you about adapting your teaching method to like a passive medium where it's not like directly like you're having a conversation or you're like reacting to a student, but you're instead like filming videos. I've always kind of wondered about that. Like, was that a challenge? Is Are there different techniques that you kind of employ or does it not feel passive because you're getting comments and feedback and you're kind of going back and forth? 
Um, I feel like, I don't know, like it, to me, it doesn't feel that much different from like sitting with a student and like wanting to like show them some sort of concept. Um, yeah, I guess like the main difference would be like, it's not just immediate, like I'm sitting talking to somebody feedback. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't think it was necessarily a challenge. Cause like, I mean, I don't know, like so much of my personality, I feel like shows through in the videos that like, Mm -hmm. for me, it's just as simple as like, talking to a camera instead of like just talking to myself in my own head about uh-huh. on guitar yeah because a lot of times that's what i'm doing is just sitting there like thinking about what i'm gonna say and then just like saying that yes um, i feel like where the real challenge comes in is like wanting to personalize it for each individual person right because like everybody has their own needs and their own you know they have their own questions and stuff like that mm-hmm. um which is what's great about private lessons as opposed to like just filming a 20 second guitar lesson, you know, totally. like Instagram and TikTok. Yeah. Um, but it, it doesn't feel, you know, crazy different, you know, again, like it's just mm-hmm. me talking about whatever the concept is, you know, mm-hmm. as easily as I would try to explain some other concept in, in real life, except actually probably even easier because I'm not sitting there getting tongue tied, talking to somebody, uh, you know, trying to like on the fly, think about a concept and then how to like, verbalize it to make sense you you know i kind of sit in my room and you know talk it out loud until it sounds about right and then i just kind of go for it cool Um, a lot of what i talk about in those videos is really just trying to name the notes that i'm playing you know because like if you know all the notes and Mm -hmm. i tell you what note it is you're gonna be able to find the note it's you know it's a guitar it's not that complicated it's like yeah right there right seeing it too so it's like one of Mm -hmm. the notes you know I feel like people are able to learn just as much from 20 seconds uh, of a 20 second Instagram video as much as they would if I just had 20 seconds to sit there and tell somebody about something. Cool. Yeah, that's a good point. Because I sidetracked it. Yeah, totally. That's a great point. Yeah, I wonder, you know, I always see people, they're usually people that haven't like learned or something that they, they just kind of throw out like, Oh, you can just learn it all on YouTube or you can just learn it all through TikTok. And like, like, yes and no, I guess like, yeah, you can. But I definitely think like that other half, like we talked about of like playing with others or private lessons or like, it can be any combination of those things. I still find a lot of like value in the, the stuff in between the gaps. Yeah. It's it. it, Yeah. It takes so much of just like, looking at somebody and watching them do it and like mm-hmm. finding a really strong like connection with what somebody is playing is yeah. especially if you find someone who hopefully they're alive you know hopefully you don't yeah. some like long dead guitar hero right. but like watching them do it and in real person too you know because mm-hmm. like that's what was so great about having andrew was that he lived across the street from my cool. parents in san diego and so like you know, I, I could see him anytime I wanted to really, you know, he would bring over his guitar. We'd sit around, you know, he would like leave amps at my parents' place. And like, I could just like play through his amp and How cool. he would like leave guitars sometimes. And like, yeah. you know, it was like stuff like that, where it's like, you really just, you become so much more connected to it by like being physically there and by like seeing it happen in real person. Cause that can also demystify a lot of it too. Like, mm. I feel like, there's a certain level that you can get to where, you know, you'll be able to like look at somebody play something on guitar 
or any instrument, well, you know, if you're fluent enough in it, you look at anybody play something on guitar and like, you can kind of understand the gist of what it is that's going on. Regardless oh, yeah. of how well your ear is trained, you know, mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. sitting there watching somebody do it, it's, you get a lot of information and you see how their hand is moving. Yeah. Exactly what the inflection is, you know, maybe like, are they picking all those notes? Are they not picking all yeah. those? It's, it can be tough to tell sometimes, you know, like in the mm-hmm. red, it's like, you know, people throw legato licks around that sound like they're picked. Yep. You know? Yep. You know, they're, you know, it's crazy and it can be tough to tell sometimes. Oh, I, I totally agree. I, I agree that that's probably the number one for me is articulation. So like, for those that don't know that that's like all the right-handed stuff, the way that you're actually hitting the string. Um, game changer for me was learning about different picking techniques and holding the pick differently. I hold the pick depending on what tone I'm looking for. And then also different pick, uh, density uh, i i like really thin picks for rhythm and then really thick picks for lead curious do you have any do you have anything like that or, or, do you have any preferences or do you kind of equipment stuff yeah as far as picks are concerned I, like about three years ago i made the decision to stop trying to like chase like yeah. one pick <laughs> you know like i didn't need like the pick of destiny <laughs> you know in music school excuse me music school i got really caught up with that mm-hmm. like everybody played jazz three picks and like <laughs> ones and like that's the one that like eric johnson uses and like that's the secret to his shred right it's not yeah. it's not. you know all it really is about is like finding whatever works for you so like mm-hmm. i use like the anytime i go to a pick store it's usually the purple color i oh. get the purple picks they, they dunlop i i have a dunlop one yes these nice. are ones they're they're slightly thinner um which i actually prefer the thicker one so i'm i've been using the the dunlop one but yeah it's let's see 1.14 millimeters so you know for people who don't know pick yeah densities yeah it's not crazy. yeah no it's not crazy i play 1.21 millimeter yeah which makes a difference it's just you know i can tell the difference when i'm playing one of these one millimeter ones versus when i'm playing the 1.14 it's drastic to me um, I have no idea how thin this is, but this is what I play for rhythm. Just a fender thin. These suckers rock. I used, like, if I'm recording, I'll use uh, thinner picks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guitar specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, nine times out of ten, like, especially if I'm at a gig, it's just a regular pick. Because totally. I went to, like, Nam. Uh-huh. and was like, oh, my, like, where's my pick, you know? <laughs> <laughs> where it was like this was the pick that was handed to me and i was like i just need to know how to be able to play on yeah. it like if some dude at like a guitar store was to just like throw a bunch of picks at me right I'll find one of these in there so yeah. like, that's the whole reasoning why i use these picks love it you know, they're big and flabby but yeah like what you were talking about like just grabbing a pick in a different way like uh-huh picking and i'm gonna like like lay into some shred it's like yeah choking off most of that pick yeah yeah not really there but if i'm playing big rhythm chords and i'm like you know jangling around it's like yep kick out. i like that i like that you do i this that's so that's what i taught myself was how to pick like that later on like in college um to to do the balanced picking to like be able to actually have equal force because when i started and i still play like this probably majority i was loosey-goosey steve ray vaughn style yeah yeah i like i always do that sometimes i'll go like that okay the camera like a little yeah. half claw type situation uh-huh. the time it's like it's just 
it's like where my hand falls. Yeah. And like a lot of times I do that too, because like, if I'm going to go from finger picking to uh-huh. actual picking, yep. Or the pick. Yeah. Right, Tuck it. Or doing my other stuff. And then it's just right there for grabbing it. Totally. Like a lot of people do it like, you know, like this type of thing. I can't do that. No, I can't do that either. That just, that eliminates too many fingers. So I'm like, it's there and it's there. Those yeah. Are- yeah. I do the same thing. I do the exact same thing. Tuck it. Tuck it in there. You know, that's what I, you bring out an interesting point. Cause I, we don't talk about this on guitar as much. Drummers talk about this a lot, but I think it's a big deal on guitar too. Just like, like a basketball shot. It's like, yeah, there are proper mechanics, but so much of it is about your body and the way that your body works. You're not just going to like go shoot like Kobe. It's like, that's Kobe's body. You're not going to shoot like LeBron. That's LeBron's body. I feel the same way with the guitar. It's like, there's a certain part of it is like, this is how your hands are built. This is how your wrist is built. Do you you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Like the, the way that you sit with a guitar will change over your career of playing guitar or just any answer. Like the way that you sit will change. Like, yeah, my dad is like, not super musically inclined in the way of like playing anything. He has a very, like, he has a very large affinity for music and everything involved in music. And like one of the first things he told me when I started going to music school was that like the way that I held a guitar was different. Cool. Like so true because like, yeah, you know, a lot of people don't think about this and like, you know, kind of the more Zen aspect of playing guitar is, you know, the whole like muscle tension thing and like learning how to, yeah properly warm yourself up in order to play guitar like when i was going to music school and stuff we were like stretching our arms all the way up here and like massaging the muscles all the way down to your finger you know this muscle gets connected all the way up here and it gets in your neck and it's a whole thing so if you're tense up here Mm -hmm. tense down here it's like a whole thing you know so yes yeah just like natural as natural as you can get with holding a guitar uh is usually gonna be the best thing. And, you know, it translates to picks, like, you know, the most natural way that you can hold your hand so mm-hmm. that your whole wrist is loose. So mm-hmm. effectively do this to like actually tremolo pick or like, yeah. is going to make it vastly easier. Yes. I've always had a, tr- I've always had some trouble exp- explaining tremolo picking, like how to do it. I'm curious if you have a better way to do it. For those that don't know, tremolo picking is like super fast. It's uh, like, for me, it's like this, how do I even do it? It's so weird to even do it without the tension of a string. Um, but like I, I, a lot of students, some of those, like some older guys too, they're like, how do you do that? And I'm like, well, I kind of, you know, just do it. It's one of the things I'm like worst at explaining. I was always explained to it as like, it's like the motion of like, if you're going to go to like open a doorknob. Okay. Yeah. Grab a doorknob. That motion, that's your tremolo picking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like you're like yanking a fishing line a little bit, like to get- <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one because that's the tension, right? Yeah, tiny little motion, yeah, because you, you don't need a whole lot of motion. Like the distance between strings is not that far, so it's no tiniest, littlest thing that gets that going, um, and it's all about tension. Like you know, yeah. Yeah. especially with like you know, uh, what am I trying to think of? Not economy picking, but you know, when you're picking every single note, I'm terrible right now, but. Uh, it, it, you know, a lot of people ask me how I get to be quicker with doing that. Yeah. And it's really just about doing it until it becomes, until mm-hmm. all of goes loose. Mm-hmm. That's when you're going to break through is when you're able to just figure out what it is that your muscles have to do to get the least movement, mm-hmm. like the most precise movement. Yes. 
tiny little, you know, you're just bouncing back and forth across a string. Um, you watch mandolin players do that all the time. Like the time. mandolins are even on a smaller scale. Exactly. They're like the close rip people like Andy Wood and stuff like that. Yeah. They have like those close up shots of what their pick is doing yeah. is. Yes. So it's like that kind of technique. Mm-hmm. Is insane. And mandolin's a great example because they actually use a pick. Yeah, exactly. And they use a tiny pick. Yeah. Gosh, mandolin picks are small. <laughs> just it's so small and they're doing two strings so it's like you're playing a 12 string right you know but it's smaller scale you know it's it's absolutely insane but it's it's the same kind of mechanic and you know those guys get it down in oh yeah to a crazy degree totally no i i love that and it again like yeah looking at another instrument looking at another player finding that inspiration is, is huge yeah it's it's tantamount to finding you know the thing that's going to push you the furthest in music is finding other people outside your instrument, you know, cause that's who you're going to be playing with. And I'm always going to just be sitting there playing with a guitar player, you know? I love that. And on that, on that awesome knowledge bomb, I think we're going to wrap up there. This is awesome talking to you, Patrick. Yeah. Likewise. For sure. Hopefully we can hang out in person one of these days. We're both in SoCal. I'll freaking holler at you. Yeah, man. We can trim pick together. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Right. Awesome, man. Pleasure. And uh, talk to you later. Thanks, everybody, for listening. See ya.